This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning, good frosty morning. By golly, we got frost here in the piney woods of north central Florida in God's country. Out here, right outside the Warthog Command Center. Can you imagine? And I know Plantation Mark's freezing, and we're supposed to freeze tonight. We'll cover that at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we're in the Warthog Manly. Well, we're staying warm in here right now. And uh, we're inside, of course, the Mellon Law Studio. Mellon Law is the only official law firm partner of the Fighting Gator. Might have to wait till next year to fight. But be that as it may, that's the way it goes. And we're protected 24-7, 365 by Crime Prevention, Randy Elrad and John Pastore, and sponsored by all oh, great people like Style Cuts and uh, uh, All Straight, Judy Ocasio All State, and, and R&R Construction, and On the Spot Cleaner, and Shoot GTR. Go out to that range and say hello to Bennett. He'll teach you all the safety courses uh, in shooting, and we highly recommend that. We're proud to be associated with them. We also, on our website, and our website, I learned yesterday from production guys, gets some incredible number of hits, two, three, four hundred thousand hits from all over the country. And really? uh, awesome. yeah, it's unbelievable, really. And and I uh, kind of stumbled across it by studying some of the analytics. But um, I got to tell you that uh, uh, we also make a link to Crime Stoppers. And uh, I want to tell you that uh, I'm on the board of Crime Stoppers. And we don't specifically talk about it much on our Wednesdays with Ted, um, but we know that liberal policies have really, well, it's like leaving the dadgum gate open for the cows to get out. I mean, uh, you know, they're going to get out now. I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't keep them corralled up, they're going to get out. And so crime has gotten out. We may get onto that topic a little bit. We go wherever we want to go when we talk about things. Uh, Ted's having a cup of coffee. And he's got his Coast Guard sweatshirt on, and uh, he's all looking cozy. Uh, really appreciate him joining us every Wednesday. Uh, we're honored to have that. Uh, we share these uh, shows all over the place, so a lot of people see them. And uh, any questions you've got, uh, put them in the chat uh, uh, box here. I'm looking right now, and uh, we'll pick them up and pass them along. Uh, Ted, you got anything you want to talk about? If not, I've got something, but I'm always deferring to you, my man. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, that's incredible that you've got that many hits going on. I mean, uh, hopefully your program's growing and words getting out and educating people because that's the most important thing. I mean, I think everybody's pretty much aware of the problems, but it's the solutions and who's going to be the ones handling the solutions. And I just want to say, uh, uh, compliments to you with your great list of sponsors too seems like that list is growing and that's a good thing uh, 
And I think that's a credit to you and your program that you have on every day. And I know that's a lot of work to do that. Um, But I am over here in Wheelatka. I am stationary and I'm not traveling. (laughs) Um, And it is cold. We had frost on our, uh, on our cars today and the windshield and we had frost on the roofs and, uh, Hopefully, it'll be fleeting and gone before we know it. We'll get back to normal Florida winter weather. Well, you know how frost does the pasture. Uh, we we got to start hauling now because uh, yeah. once the frost nips that grass, why uh, we got a different situation in terms of uh, uh, nourishment and uh, for the cattle. But um, um, my wife is uh, amazed at how quickly they're going through the uh, the hay right now. And uh, oh yeah. Uh, I say, listen, they're not going to leave until it's gone. They're going to stand around the ring until it's gone. You know, that's the way they are. They just don't quit. But um, uh, fortunately, you know, we've got the a lot of hay this year because we had a lot of rain, Ted, uh, as you know, in the summertime. And so we're not, you know, looking at some empty barns here. Um, so the prices haven't really gone up uh, as much as they could. And much as they will, if Biden keeps doing his damn Biden, what do you call it? I can't get it. Uh, Bidenomics or whatever the heck he calls it. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know. But what you just brought up, you just brought up, you've got hay in the barn. You're prepared. You're prepared going into the winter because you know what's going to happen. You know, you know, the grass grows in the summer. You got to make hay while the sun shines. We know the old sayings and you put it up. And it's it's the it's a story that's repeated throughout history and in fairy tales and fables. It's the ant and the grasshopper. You know, you do the work while you can to prepare for the bad times. And this is what our country should be doing. And this is the thing that drives me crazy. You know, the politicians they up the, they're up there. They're talking about all this stuff they're going to do, but they don't do it. And you know, people that supported Kevin McCarthy in the beginning. You know, he was the worst person to have a speaker because he carried on kicking the can down the road, the CRs and all that. And now here we are. And Mike Johnson gets thrown into the into the mix of things um, to work his way out of this. And so hopefully from this point forward, the Republicans will prepare for the next winter coming or the next storm coming, because you're either coming out of a storm or you're going into a storm. But there's always going to be that up and down, and you should prepare for that next thing. And when we're sitting at $34 trillion in debt, we're sitting with open borders, we're sitting watching China, you know, take over the supply chain pretty much throughout the world. And uh, we're worried about some of this nonsense that we're doing in government. This is where, you know, again, your program is educating people. Bet these candidates that are running for politics for a position in the U.S. Congress or the U.S. Senate. Uh, even down to the county level um, and vet these people, make sure they stand by your standards and then hold them accountable at their town halls at the next election. And if they're not doing what you want them to do or you don't see the direction of the nation that it's supposed to be going in, throw them out, get some new blood in there. We got a question from our frosty friend up in Atlanta, uh, who is a Vietnam airborne medic veteran. Take my hat off to him. It was in the worst of the stuff in uh, the Vietnam War. Um, the uh, he wants to know how much, if you can, if you do know, uh, helping Ukraine and Israel simultaneously is depleting our um, military stockpile and readiness. Do you have any handle on that, Ted? 
No, I just generalities. I can't tell you the specifics, but we are already depleted from what we did in Afghanistan and the Middle East. Uh, and, you know, of course, Biden left a treasure trove of armaments. Unbelievable. Don't get Unbelievable. me. I'm sorry. And yep. then with the uh, with the uh, uh, NDAA, uh, National Defense Authorization Act, they put in more money than the president's request to work to replenish it. The problem is you can't just produce 100,000 rounds of missiles or something like that right now. It takes a period of time. And then, you know, you have the, the, the extra demand from Ukraine and Israel. What's going on uh, with the brutal attack that Hamas did? Um, and so it's depleting us more. The other thing is our aircraft carriers are behind maintenance schedule. And the amazing thing with China is they know all this. And Sun Tzu was um, a warlord back over 2,000 years ago. And he wrote a, a strategy that is still used today by a lot of military colleges, including ours, and the Chinese military. And it says, bide your time, or hide your strength, bide your time. Wait things out. Let your enemies deplete their resources. And then move after that. And when you look at our debt, you look at how we've drawn down uh, our ammunitions and our stockpiles. You look at our depleted um, readiness of our aircraft carriers and airplanes. And then you look at the amount of recruiting problems we're having in all branches of the military, people not wanting to serve. It's setting a stage that's not real healthy for national defense. And this is, again... Um, to answer that question, I can tell you they're depleted. They're not depleted. They're drawn way down from where they should be. And it'll take several years to get it replenished if everything stays calm. And let's hope it does. Well, I know from going for the range quite regularly, uh, ammunition is dire. Um, yeah. And uh, a lot of us load our own, try to offset that. We're not doing that in the military, of course. Uh, we're out there, uh, depending upon... Uh, something to put in a weapon. And it's on people's minds, particularly the veterans. And they, you bring up a nasty, haunting memory for all of us, and that's Biden inexplicably just abandoning. You know, I think about walking off and leaving um, a collection of weapons. I, I got buddies who, you know, I have a pretty significant collection of weapons. Um, they're former military. They're um, they're, they're master gunners or something. They know what they're doing. I couldn't imagine them. I couldn't imagine them, Ted, walking off and just leaving their safe open and say to anybody who wants to come by, yeah, take what you want. I mean, I mean, come on. I know these guys. I shoot with these guys. I right. mean, these guys have been, you know, they're combat veterans. They've been um, um, you know, they, they were in for the Mac, they were professionals for, for the whole duration and, um, Vietnam and, and, uh, Russia and you name it, embassy guards from everything, embassy guards to being out in the field in Vietnam to, uh, jumping out of things. But none of them that I know of, um, would give away furthermore to people you don't even know. You know, imagine, you know, you got me going here. Imagine 
doing this in a city fraught with crime, which we have here in Gainesville. We've got more guns on the streets and more talk about gun control. And the guns on the streets aren't there from the people who are responsible. It's there from the people who left their cars open and not locked. Okay. Some guy jumps in there and takes the weapon. And now it's out on the street. See, that's where I want to lower the boom. If you're not a responsible owner, well, we don't want you out there jeopardizing us. So, um, well, know. where's the responsibility? I mean, Sadie Darnell had a sign up, lock your cars, don't make it easy. Or, you know, it, she put the emphasis on the owner of the car instead of saying, how about not stealing? You know, that's where we should be out there. If you steal, we're going to come after you. And going back to what happened in Afghanistan, understand, Ward, this is a kind of the modus operandi of the United States um, since probably the Gulf War. You know, we did this in Iraq. We left a lot of military equipment there. We did it in Afghanistan. We did it in Syria, uh, Libya. Uh, the uh, Obama and Clinton did airdrops, airdrops of armaments that just fell out in the fields. And they have been used with the ISIS, uh, Al-Qaeda, all these groups. And so this, again, is where the American people are not informed because all this stuff gets pushed away in these committee hearings. And nobody hears about this kind of nonsense that's going on. Yet the military will come back and ask, well, we need $60 billion or $180 billion to build up the military. Well, if you maintain and, and paid attention and kept control of your armaments, we wouldn't have to be paying taxpayers money to rebuild what they did. Now throw that on $34 trillion in debt with increased interest rates that our government's going to have to um, go back and refinance some of this, these debt obligations. We're paying more on interest today than we do for the whole military budget. And it's not sustainable. And again, this goes back to China's just biding their time, hiding their strength. And, for veterans, I'm like you. I'm committed to the veterans. We were when we were in office. And I remember speaking at a big Tea Party rally. And I, I asked how, how many people in here are veterans. They raised their hand. And I said, how many took the oath of the United States of America to protect it against enemies, foreign and domestic? Everybody raised their hand. And I asked this question. And I wish you could have been there because you could have hit a pure pin drop. I said, how many of us took that oath? to defend socialism or Marxism. <laughs> oh, God. The room was quiet. Not one person took that oath to defend this country. They took it to, de- to, to defend it for socialism or Marxism. They took it to preserve the constitutional republic. And I would be, I, I, I mean, I still get aggravated over this to no ends. And that's one of the reasons I say I, you know, I'm happy that you keep letting me come back week after week because I get because I have such a passion for this country. And, um, you know, I see so many of these politicians up there. They talk a good game, but are they willing to put their life on the line to defend this country? Well, and the other thing that annoys me so much about them, they're not principled people. Um, I can tell you already right. from where I'm sitting, Johnson's a principled person. Uh, he has oh, yeah. doubt about that. He lives his life by. He conducts his interpersonal relationships by. Uh, he combs his hair by. I mean, seriously. 
I mean, I, I look at that guy. You yeah, know, I don't have to worry about that much. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any problem with that. You know, I mean, I know where he's coming from. I know, you know, he's not going to uh, waver on me. What he, what what he's where he's coming is from. You know, I can deal with that. It's a guy that, like a a a, a Nadler or a uh, Chuck U. Schumer or Pennsylvania, huh? All those guys. Those guys are absolutely deplorable. I mean, they're the deplorable people. Um, yeah. You can't trust them. You can't turn your back on them. Um, so, um, anyway, I, I, I uh, you got me going on all that the, the image of all that abandoned equipment um, out there. Sorry, sorry to get off on that. Um, but I yeah. think, you know, as this election gets closer and closer, I think the writing's on the wall. It's going to be Trump. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Trump will be there. And, um, you know, I think at this point in time in our nation's history, he's not the perfect candidate, but he is the candidate, I think, that has the, the brass and the backbone to go in there and start righting the wrongs in this country and start with these agencies and, and redefine what their mission should be. And this mission on all these agencies should never be an ideological mission. This mission should be uh, to defend this nation and to provide the services that are constitutionally they're bound to. And what you'll find is we'll go through a period, and I hope we do it, and I'd like to be a part of it, is a devolution of the federal government. And what I mean by that is take away from the federal government that which they are doing that's not constitutional and push it back to the states. And it's going to be a period of time and there will be some bitterness. There'll be some angry people because they feel like you're taking something away. But in the same process, you're teaching the next generation to be responsible and do those things that they're supposed to do and not rely on a federal government. And that's what I, you know, I see Trump will be the one that can do that. You know, DeSantis, I think Ron could, but I think he's going to try to get along with everybody. And I think we're at a point in time. Yeah, I want to get along with everybody, but we need to set some parameters and say, we're going to follow the Constitution the way it was designed. Let me offer uh, uh, another piece of information that came off the um, Wall Street Journal today this morning. I didn't get a chance to send it to you, but I'll go through it with you. This is pretty interesting, especially in light of what you're saying. Um, The debate Thursday night, the Wall Street Journal opines, and I think I'm with them on this, between Newsom and DeSantis is the place to, the, the showdown between the California and the Florida governors is the place to see the real policy contrasts. And if uh, DeSantis will stick to his actions and what he's done, I don't think Newsom can. And I want to go through some of the. If you do, really, I don't. I don't, Ted. No, I don't. I don't see how you can compare what he's done. I don't to think if, they, if, if DeSantis goes bulldog after, bulldog after him, and he's not overrun by the liberal, um, and even Fox is liberal on these things. If you watch these things, Fox is more about ratings for Fox than it is about you know, you know. Thank God I don't have ratings. You know, um, I'm not playing the ratings. If people want to check us out, fine. 
But, you know, I learned a long time ago about musicians, Ted. Really great ones would play the same quality of music to an audience of one that they would to an audience of a thousand. Sure. You know, you would do the same job in the back 40 of a pasture with nobody looking that you would do in front of the IFAS lecture hall, you know, because that's you, that's your professional right. standard. I mean, I believe that. And even though you can eat a donut, well, <laughs> you've got the other arm up the cow. I mean, I mean, people need to know how absolutely versatile you are. I bring uh, those donuts up because I was laid off them. Yeah. <laughs> and guy I, would eat them right with me. <laughs> but, you know, I, I want to kind of run this bias. Um, we've got a break coming up in 10 minutes. We can uh, maybe uh, sort of get into it. By the way, Victor Davis Hansen on Epoch has an excellent interview. Did I send it? Did we share it? Where he explains how California went from right to left, you know, from Reagan to this guy Newsom. And basically, here's what I think he said. I'm doing it from memory. When along came the Internet world and along came the techie money. They became so super wealthy, Ted, that they took over the political atmosphere of California. And it's sort of like Alachua County. That which is too expensive in taxes and all for the average man, which in this case, for the most part, are the folks on the east side of Gainesville. It doesn't affect the real economy, which is the university in Gainesville. So they fly along running the government. You follow this? That's what's happened in California. This crowd of intellectual elites took over the state and started trying out all these crazy things, which are lecture topics for them. And the Wall Street Journal has said Sacramento has rushed to the left, not just gone to the left, but rushed to the left in recent decades, while Tallahassee has moved to the right. And I think that's a pretty darn good observation. And if they stick to that topic, now I'm agree with you. Um, I think Trump has got, I don't, you know, Christie, for example, that guy, needs to wash his mouth out with soap. He's so venomous, I think. You know, he's not helping. He's a rhino. It's all about himself. If, even with Trump, quote, unquote, being locked up, he can still be elected. You know, and he will be if that's the case. But when you look at California and Florida, you have got a lot of data, Ted. And um, maybe to start us off, here's the scorecard that the journal gives. Employment. Since January 2019, employment in Florida has increased by over a million, a million 31,000 and some change. In California, it's declined by 85,000. Okay. Now, Newsom's had prolonged COVID lockdowns. Businesses and workers have moved to places with a lower tax burden and cost of living. 
Florida's population is 22.2 million. California's is 39 million and falling. Florida's is rising. Now, there's some bad things about a rising population, too, because we lose farmland. But um, that's true. If they stick to that topic, you know, they can't squirm out from under that, I think. So I think they got a point here. That's an important debate Thursday night, even though well, it's more important for the Democrats than it is for the Republicans, because Newsom might actually substitute, really, Ted, substitute for Biden. So there's a lot of... Well, that's the only reason I can see Iran doing this. I think it's a mistake debating him because, number one, he's not in the race. He's not a declared candidate. So Ron's exposing himself, and it's like, why give him the time of day in the press? Newsom is going to win just by getting the free press out of this, and Ron's the one that um, is at risk of hurting himself if he doesn't perform well. Or if Newsom does get into the race, you've got you know two different opinions on how the country should be run, um, and I'm sure we'll go into national politics versus just state. It may start off as state. Uh, but I think you'll see Newsom start articulating what he would do on a national scene, which I think is dangerous for Ron. You know, um, I would not give him a time of day uh, to debate because he's not in the race. He's not a declared candidate. And I think they'll look back on this and uh, say this was a mistake. Absolutely. That's an excellent point. Um, you know, I've not That's been paying attention to huh? <laughs> That's why so you what? have me on. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, I have not been paying any attention to the debates because they're not debates. You know, they are showboating. But I'm this may first. actually approach maybe quasi-debate. But you had a good point. Um, it's like a boxer. Why would you yeah. let this guy, you know, challenge me to the championship? He hadn't worked his way out of his own level yet in his local fights. Right. You know? Right. Don with Ted Yoho, we got 926. We're going to go about four more minutes before we take a break. Uh, Tim Martin, chair of Alachua County Republican Party, is watching. Um, uh, he would like to get rid of about 80% of the federal government. And was doing Well, it. I tell you what, he and I have talked along with um, some other people in um, different organizations. And, you know, you've heard me talk about food stamps. Why is the federal government doing food stamps? and controlling that program in all 50 states and territories. That's a local issue that should be dealt with at the state, and the state needs to raise or lower taxes accordingly. In addition, it ties right into the job market and education, and it ties right into that on a local level. And we all know that politics is best run locally, uh, unless it's Latchway County. Um, And, um, you know, so I think the devolution of these programs education, which is not a constitutional program anyways, I think if Trump gets in there, there's a a program they call 2025. I think I mentioned it last week. There's 2,025 positions that have to be uh, uh, filled. And I'm going to have a call today on to see if I can fit into one of those, because I'd love to be able to go into some of these programs and say, we've got a five-year program or a 10-year program to remove this stuff from the federal government and it's going to go back to the states, but set it up legislatively to where a next president can't change it unless it goes through the legislative process. 
Um, because if you don't go through the legislature, the next president will come in and just, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to go back to the way it was. And uh, I think these things, if we fix them legislatively, they'll be long-term plans. And that was one of my goals, you know, when I talked about what I was going to do in this race. Um, I'll have to wait till 2028. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, see if we got anything else for 928 here. Uh, you've gotten some applause for the point about food stamps. And um, we'll come back and pick up on. That's another entitlement that's seen this day. But you know how it is. Once those darn things get created, you can't undo them. I mean, they, they get maybe no, sacred, sacred cows. I mean, really. Well, Reagan was so clear on that. Nearest thing to uh, what was it? Nearest thing to eternity are taxes and a government program. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break yeah. here in a moment for awards uh, weather. Yeah, send with- me some warm weather, will you? Yeah, we're back with Ted in a moment. And uh, take anything in the chat line here you want to pass along. Be right back on the Ward Scott Files. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. The Kiara Grace Foundation proudly presents An Evening with Tim Tebow. Thursday, November 30th at the Touchdown Terrace at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Experience a once-in-a-lifetime VIP meet-and-greet with Tim. Hear his heartfelt stories and his unyielding dedication to the most vulnerable. With your support, we can extend the reach of the Kiara Grace Foundation to save precious lives in Latin America. Get your ticket before they sell out. Don't miss your chance to meet Tim Tebow, be inspired, and make a tangible difference. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. 
Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, Ward's Weather Report, brought to you by Lewis Oil, Chevron Gas Stations, Fossil Fuel. Hey, listen, you're going to need a some fuel. energy source. Yeah, it is going to be chilly here in God's country. Oh, we're going to freeze tonight. We frosted last night. If all holds true, we'll freeze tonight. Upward Plantation Mark is, and going north, I mean, they're really going to get hit for some time with a major blast of cold air that's going to settle into the east today and will be responsible for some of the lowest temperatures so far and some of the first freezes of the season. And uh, this air won't be record-breaking, but it will be shocking if you've been enjoying the temperatures uh, mild up until this point. So, yes, it's climate change, and it's been going on since the globe formed, I'm sure. There just wasn't anybody here to shiver under it. Well, yes, there were. Some of them just disappeared because it got so cold. They just didn't have social media to tell you how bad it was. Right, and social media. You could feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, how bad it was. Well, 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 talking to Ted Yoho on Wednesdays here, it's always a a very special day. And we're looking now at some of the uh, comments that you need to pass along. Uh, yes, tax time is upon us again. I am just absolutely blown away at the city of Gainesville, which cut because it was ordered to 29% of its slush fund from the utility that it had been using to pad its books and then turned around and applied a 29% tax hike to the city citizens. Did you know <laughs> that? Did you know that, Ted? Did not know. That was yes. one of the reasons I moved out of Alachua County. I mean, that their politics and they're they're just crazy. And um, well, I'm starting to see a little bit of it over here in Putnam County. And it's like, oh, we need to call these people out. And, well, one of the questions that went down from the uh, group in Tallahassee that was digging for this information was, um, oh, did you eliminate any of the offices that you've been paying Salmon Lake salary to? What about diversity, equity, and inclusion? And that's about a $200,000 a year office. And uh, Harvey Ward says, well, that's really the equal opportunity office. And I about fell out of my chair. I said, how can that dude get away with that? Equal opportunity is the same thing as diversity, equity, and inclusion? you got to be kidding me. And he said that. Ted, with a straight face. Absolutely. Harvey Ward, the mayor. That's what I thought you said. Yeah, said it with a straight face. Uh, Nice socialist. Um, I've had several conversations with him. Um, You know, speaking of equity, inclusion, diversity, and all that stuff, I sent you, I think, an article on the Custom Border Patrol. Correct, and woke pronouns. Yeah, that they want the CBP, the Custom Border Patrol, when they apprehend somebody and they're processing them, 
to make sure they use all the woke pronouns and things like that because they don't want to offend anybody that is illegally coming into our country. And I can I can see how the, the, the whole thing works. And I think I put it in your in, in my email to you <laughs> that if these people, the Custom Border Patrol people, if they don't use the correct pronouns, that'll get reported to their supervisor and their supervisor will come down on them, discipline them, fire them, whatever. Not that you can fire anybody in the federal government, but they'll make life really difficult. So they wind up getting like-minded people that are going to use who, him, they, who, she, whatever nonsense they use. And uh, for people coming into this country that they don't know anything about that in the countries they're coming from, but we're educating them right off the bat so that they're inclusive. And this is the kind of nonsense that goes back to the fundamental transformation of America that goes back to Obama. And Victor David Hansen talks a lot about this. And um, there was just somebody else I listened to. Uh, it was Dinesh D'Souza uh, from a 2016 um, um, uh, documentary he did. And um, he talks about how Obama single-handedly in an eight-year period has really transformed America. And it was a good documentary. I'd seen it before, but I was driving back from the Keys at three in the morning and I needed something to keep me awake. <laughs> well, I've got your article right here printed out. Yeah. You got it right. The Biden administration has instructed U.S. Customs and Border Protection. And they've got a split infinitive here, by the way. It just drives me nuts. Let me correct this grammatically. Uh, agents to not use, that split the infinitive to you. There should be not to use. I see this crap all the time. And anyway, I'm going to, I corrected it. Not to use gendered pronouns such as <laughs> he, him, she, her, when dealing with the public, according to an internal memo. The illegal public. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can you imagine coming into this country illegally and they're, they're not using he, she, or that? You might, yeah, you look at me saying, what the hell is wrong with them? I think I'm going back to my home country. Maybe that's their ulterior motive is make them leave. <laughs> the Department of Homeland Security, and don't get me started on that guy. Boy, he's a bad one. That Morlock is whatever his name is. Yeah. The Department yeah. of Homeland Security guidance, okay, asked CBP staff to use, quote, gender neutral language and, quote, the self-identified pronouns and name of any members of the public they interact with. Are you, and here's what, do not use him, he, she, her pronouns until you have more information about or provided by the individual, the memo states. Now here's what you're not allowed, definitely can't use. It cautions against using salutations, Ted, such as Mr. God, God help us. Mrs. Ma'am. Sir, or the classic Southern one, ma'am. Yep. I mean, I'd be arrested because I use those all the time. But, you know, we sit there and we mock this and we make fun of this, how ludicrous it is. But this goes back to the genius of Obama. He's behind pushing this stuff. So the program is there. We make fun of it, 
but nobody goes to remove this. I mean, they tried on some of the budget fights to get rid of this nonsense, but uh, when a new Congress comes in, God forbid if we lose the, major- the slim majority we have, this will all become enacted, and it will be a way of life in America from forevermore. And that's why these elections are so important. I mean, we're at a breaking point in this country. We're either a constitutional republic or we're not. We're either a free country or not. And uh, that's coming down to the line. And I think this next election is, this is going to be, this is the fourth quarter. <laughs> here, is, fourth quarter. here is the real madness, my man. A guy named Mr. Judd. You may know him. I don't know. Um, we can't be worrying about whether we're going to hurt somebody's feelings. He is the National Border Patrol Council President, Brandon Judd. And this will drive you nuts. This will really drive you nuts. Uh, we have to be cognizant of their civil rights, talking about illegal border cross. Illegal border crossers have civil rights, okay? And you have to be cognizant of that. And uh, you have to take time to deal with their preference. Are you kidding me? I mean, well, you know what's interesting is in the UN, the same garbage is being espoused and, and preached. And so the UN is doing the same thing. China's helping that. Our NGOs are helping that under the Biden and Obama administrations that this language is in there and it falls right in line with the UN. And here we have a government, uh, a, a, an entity that was created after World War II, came out of the League of Nations, and it formed the United Nations. Now they're starting to dictate and give mandates to other countries. So if we don't follow this, they're going to crack down on us. And this is why, again, I think we need to have a reset of what America is and go back to the constitutional principles. And, um, you know, Trump wasn't perfect in those things, but yet he'll be strong enough if he gets the right people around him that I think we can we can undo a lot of this nonsense and not give up our sovereignty as a nation and really build on our sovereignty. Because that's really, you know, as we go further down this path, we're giving up our sovereignty. And I, I think you saw where Biden in a couple months back has turned over um, uh, medical dictates or mandates over to the World Health Assembly or the World Health Organization that if they declare a pandemic, we have to follow their mandates. And this is something that, you know, most Americans don't know about this, but this is something that was kind of slipped through. Um, And I remember Michelle Bachman spoke about this probably a year, year and a half ago, that watch out, this is what they're doing. Well, these are scary times in America. We've never faced this. It's invaded uh, that, that kind of nonsense there. Well, I don't know. My God, I don't know what to say. You know, you read, I don't know if your generation saw Dr. Strangelove like mine did. And, um, you know, we read Catch-22 and, and um, you know, it just was um, Joseph Heller's work on how maddening it was. And, of course, the classic with Orwell about. Uh, right, right. You know, well, that and uh, Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Yeah, yeah. At- that was a, a prophetic book because you have the, the producers and the takers and, uh, you know, they're, they're cracking down on all this. It's just, 
it's just crazy. You know, when right is wrong, wrong is right, uh, the end is near. And I mean, that's biblical. Um, but, you know, we've got to believe in the system. You know, our system, I, I feel, is the greatest system that's ever been invented by mankind with the underlying hand of God that just, you know, set this up properly. And it's our, it's, we're tasked to protect this and preserve it for the next generations. You know, I was thinking about something that you and I talked about last time. Um, we may have talked off the air about this, but I remember we talked, I think we, you and I talked about it. The two centuries, basically, during which Christianity took over from the Roman and we changed the way of keeping time. Remember that conversation? Did you and I have it? Okay. I got to think about this, Ted. That has been a struggle for that which took over to sustain itself in the light of all sorts of threats, right? If you'll grant me that a basic um, hypothesis, all right. That time frame corresponds, does it not, just about exactly with the establishment of the Constitutional Republic of the United States of America. Why should we think the struggle to sustain it would be any different than the struggle to sustain Western theology, which took over from the Greco-Roman world? I I don't think it will. No, you're right. And there's a good... No, it's, it's always going to be a struggle. You know, you don't ever get to the top and just rest on your laurels. That's when you really go, you cannot afford to back down. You can stop and smell the roses and appreciate where you're at, but it's, you start again. You know, life, you go through dream, struggle, victory, and anything you do. And I think that's true for a nation. In fact, uh, one of the sayings in the Bible says, man without vision shall soon perish. Well, if that's true for a person, nations are made up of people. So that's true for nations. If a nation does not have a vision where it's going, you you shall soon perish. And you know, I I would challenge any politician. Where do you see? Where do you, what's the vision for America? Where do you see us in twenty five, thirty years? You won't find one. They they'll just look at you like a deer in headlights. And that's why it's so important that we elect these people that have these kind of visions for them that are in line with our constitution. If not, need to be in office. In fact, I think I shared with you when I. I was when I when I announced I was hiring one of the state reps called me up and and I said why? He goes well you know so and so not running person's not running I stopped and I said if you don't know why you're running and you're not passionate about this country don't run because we don't want you in Washington I want somebody that's going to fight for the you know that but he didn't run. Absolutely. You know, taxes and spending. We've Are you hearing about. background? like <laughs> Yeah, but that's, that's part of the local color. You know, that's the authenticity of it. <laughs> taxes and spending, Ted. State and local taxes in California add up to $10,167 per capita versus $5,406 in Florida. Um, the higher taxes have done what in California? driven more spending. You you would think 
common sense would mean if you got more money coming in, you save it. You don't go spend it, right? California spent $14,755 per capita, almost $5,000 more than it took in. Florida at least only spent $8,800. That's, that's a common core math. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the kind of math they need to teach in, in the schools, right? <laughs> they need to teach government math. <laughs> I, I talked that, to a guy that worked. He, he took a course. He wanted to work in government. And his professor said, you've got 10000 you got a million dollars for your department. We just stood up this department. What are you going to do with a million dollars? And the guy, he, he went through and he, he, he designed this thing of where he was going to spend the money. And the guy goes, wrong. The professor says, wrong. Your job is to grow your department so that it, it, it's a continual department. And that's what these guys do. Um, they, that, that, yeah, they don't focus on efficiency so much in these departments. If I were getting in this debate, this is the thing I think I'd emphasize to Despite those higher taxes in California, California had a $31.5 billion budget shortfall. Wow. Florida ran a $17.7 billion surplus. I mean, right there, that's where the federal government should be. I mean... Yeah, put another Democrat in charge, and they'll keep going down this path. Put some responsible Republicans with responsible members on these committees for the Ways and Means and Appropriations and things. All the all the Appropriations Committee, and and hold them their feet to the fire. This is what we want to do, and um, you know we could do that, but it'll take years to unravel the mess we have. But uh, that's a great contrast between uh, California. And um, um, Florida, and I, I know DeSantis will take the credit for that, but he can't do that by himself. I mean, he, he's got to have a a Republican majority that will go along with that. And um, you know, he signs legislation; they bring it up, and uh, you know, he can steer the ship a little bit. Um, but they, everybody needs to keep that in mind too. The other item that doesn't come up and probably wouldn't to be a good thing to bring up, maybe, is to comparing the two Disneys, land and world, because yeah. Santis has dropped the value of that stock here quite a bit, about half of sure. what it was did. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I don't know if DeSantis did that. Disney was the one that weighed into an area where they should not have weighed True. in. You True. know, and this, again, this is where you get corporations – along with political ideology that start dictating lifestyles for people. And, you know, if they're bold enough to weigh into that, they have to be bold enough to take the consequences of that. And I'm thankful that Ron was there that was bold enough to say, oh, yeah, you know, you weighed into an area that has no issue with you. And, and that whole thing, you know, don't say gay bill. I mean, there's not the word gay mentioned in that bill. And, you know, I've been through that where people accuse you of stuff that you never said that was never there. And, um, you know, it's just, that's the media and that's the uh, dishonesty of the media 
and the misrepresentation and the poor job they do in commentary and, and getting the truth out there. You would think they would really want to do the truth, but they don't. And so, you know, that's that's a good thing that he's done with Disney. I think it's a wake-up call for all these corporations that want to be political. Well, I don't know what it's going to turn out. I just wanted to call some attention to that because it's um, it's an interesting. It's the only debate debate probably that you'll find. There's nobody else to square off. Uh, It'll be interesting how it turns out. I don't, I don't know if I'll watch it. We might start it tonight. It's Thursday night, right? Thursday night, yeah. Yeah, Thursday night. No, I haven't watched any of them so far, but uh, and I may not watch this one. Maybe watch a little bit of it. Uh, I guess I need to if I'm going to be running my yak on the air here. Um, talking with Ted Yoho, and uh, if you hear a, a hammer in the background, that is not a recording. That's a real worker. <laughs> right, Ted? <clears throat> Can't hear you, man. Did you turn your sound off? Yeah. There I you did. go. What did so, you say? As you can see, we're progressing. I got all my sliding glass doors in. We finished that up yesterday. This is on the river, right? Yes, sir. God's country on the St. John's River. Yeah, yeah. I would tell you what town it is, but I don't want any more people to move in over here. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Well, yeah, keep it in for a while. And uh, the... um, other news that we can talk about here that is um, controversial here locally. I think this would be amusing to talk about for a moment. Cynthia Chestnut, I'm told this morning, wants to have a Christmas parade in Gainesville. Really? Yeah. And it's got Steve Spurrier lined up to be the master of ceremonies. That'd be great. I would be for that. I'd be all for that. But what's the liberals going to do with this one, Ted? Are, are they going to go crazy? Um, and I think it's I think it's appropriate to have Cynthia say it because I think and I don't. I have to be careful how I say this. I guess to not be politically incorrect. But Martin Luther King was a Christian. Let's put it that way, you know? Yeah, yeah. These are Christian people, you know? The best, the, hey, the white intellectuals are not going to be clamoring for a Christmas parade. It's the people. Heck not. And we need that. We, and, you know, and, and, you know, but you watch, there'll be somebody come out that turns it into a negative rather than a plus. Um, anyway, I thought well, that they'll turn it in like they did the Macy's Day parade. You know, and have the transgender and this floating LBGT, which I don't, I don't mind. But let's remember what Christmas is. It's the birth of our our Savior Jesus Christ, and um, that's it. That's that's Christmas. And along with that, over the years, the goodwill and the festivities have come up. But we always must remember that. And the same with Easter. It ain't about the Easter Bunny. You know, it's about right, 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 right. That happened. Well, I got that this morning just before we went on the air. I apologize. I haven't had time to research it, but I'm going to look into it. I think it offers an interesting dynamic uh, and a real look into the culture here. Um, oh, it does. You know, a real look into it. 
And I can tell you that the 29% tax increase affects those folks on the east side of town one heck of a lot more than it does those folks uh, down there at the university. Um, yeah, yeah. It's two different you know, it's just It's crazy, you know, to put that kind of tax burden on the people. I mean, a 30%, um, you know, again, I hope they wake up and vote these people out. Well, look uh, what that does to student rents. I mean, and landlords can't raise a rent to right. match those taxes, you know? You, uh, do it you can't raise the price of a pizza to match those taxes. Well, uh, you can't go up 30% on a pizza. No, I think that's why that viral video of that fast food restaurant went so viral because it went against Bidenomics. People are like, they paid $14 at a fast food restaurant. And they're like, how in the heck can we afford this? Nobody can afford this kind of stuff. You know, it's something that used to cost you $5, you know, five, 10 years ago. And uh, thanks to Bidenomics, you know, it's it's going to drive these things up. I mean, you just saw it coming when they decided to man $15 minimum wage and all that stuff. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's an entry-level job. It's not something you're going to work 30 years and retire from unless you own it or manage it and manage several of those stores. Um, and again, this is government wanting to get in there. And guess who led the charge on that? It's California. Yeah. California. Well, I guess you can stick a fork in California unless, well, I won't say that because strange things are happening now in the country. <laughs> strange things are happening. California. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ted, we're down to the end of the hour, the magical hour. And, um, I assume you're going to uh, uh, spend the rest of the day uh, observing your project take form over there. Which yep. is Got uh, the plumbers tomorrow, electricians next week, air conditioners half done, and uh, we'll be shooting foam insulation and drywall. Well, that sounds like a, a, you're on schedule, let's put it that way. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and thank you to all you people who are watching and talking here in the chat line, and um, we bring you a good product that is uh, something you can trust is truthful. We don't know. I guess we'll tell you we don't know. And there's a lot of this stuff we don't know. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't really know how it's going to turn out. But there's a lot on the line here. I think we can all agree with that. So uh, tell everybody hello, Ted, over there. Uh, best to your wife and your kids and all. And um, stay in touch and stay warm. I think you'll do that, too. Yes, sir. We're going to tune out now. Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.